welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all type of great interviews, podcasts, videos, articles, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks, be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Early signing period is upon us. So what's it looking like for the Razorbacks? We may talk a little recruiting. We'll also get into your favorite and something that I just continue to talk about for some reason because it's what you want to hear about, and that is the college football playoffs and the need for expansion. We'll talk about that and also get into some of the do's and don'ts of recruiting and how frustrating it truly can be. But, you know, we start off with the early signing period that so many teams in college football are dealing with right now and of course Arkansas going to be right there in the middle of it now we won't sit here and just break it all down and go player by player there will be some players signing their national letter of intent throughout this week Uh, we know that the since the signing period is going on there'll also be some guys who decide not to sign on for this week during the early signing period they may wait uh at least until the actual signing period or the uh, national signing day there in february but uh, we'll all get to that here after later on and all that fun stuff because i feel like uh, as at this point in time we don't need to break them all down but we can do that on tomorrow's podcast but i do want to talk about this early signing period and some of the benefits and the cons pros and cons be the best way to put it of what's been going on with having this early signing period a part of college football because it's all about the product it's all about putting the best product on the field the best product in recruiting the best product in the playoff the best product across the board it's always been about that it always should be about that and it's going to be no different when it comes to what you do in recruiting and this new which I still call it new. I know we've only had it for a year, but this new early signing period is something that has been designated to try to not only help out and increase the benefits for the student athletes coming out of high school, but also for the coaches themselves. And what I've started to notice is that there are a lot of coaches that are against this. There are a lot of coaches, at least the successful one, that feel like it needs to be adjusted. There are even some players that seem to be taking advantage of it and then the raw the wrong ways it, i just don't feel like there's ever going to be a for sure way to fix or to make recruiting not be an absolute circus and cesspool where somebody's pissed off about it because you're either going to piss off the student athlete you're going to piss off the coaches or you're going to piss off the ncaa you're going to piss off high school coaches you're going to piss off fans you're going to piss off people all across the board and people just need to realize that but early signing period is something that just going off of it from what we saw last year and heading into this year, I still don't think I'm a big fan of it. I, I don't really see the purpose behind it. I don't know much about the recruiting realm, and I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast, you understand that. But the one thing that I really don't get is why can't the student athlete, when he's in high school, 17, 18-year-old kid, senior year of high school, Why can't he just decide when to sign his letter of intent whenever he wants? I mean, seriously. Why can't he decide to just say, you know what? I'm shutting down my recruitment in August or I'm shutting down my recruitment in November. I'm shutting it down whenever. He just can come out and whenever he is dadgum ready, he can sign his national letter of intent and move on. I mean, this... I. 
I'm not always about the student athlete either. I think that there are some things that the student athlete needs to, they're not entitled to everything. They're not entitled to having all the benefits in the world. But this seems like something that I don't understand why it's not that way. And I'm sure that there's somebody, because I even talked to Richard Davenport of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette on my show this morning, and I asked him that. Why, why is it that it's not that way? Is there some type of risk? Is there some type of red flag, controversy? What's the problem with any of these kids deciding to, when they want to go to school to sign their letter of intent and move on? And he you know, honestly, and this is Richard who knows a lot about the recruiting game, he's basically said that there's not really a right answer to it there's been something that's been thrown around a little bit but they got to they're just keeping it in the way it is and this is where it all gets a little dicey for me is because i feel like if i was because here's the thing if you're not a student athlete because i feel okay let me rewind it there has to be a deadline there has to be a deadline for recruiting for a signing day you can't go a certain past a certain point which if it's february the first wednesday of february that's fine i'm on board with that i understand that i'm cool with that and i think everybody should be so let's start right there it should have a deadline it can't be just willy-nilly whenever you have to have a deadline so we for sure want to start there but Besides that, what is really the benefit of anybody having it to where they sign their... Because if you sign it too early, people are like, oh, no, he signed it too early. Well, that's the decision you make. That's the problem you're in. That's the, that's the burden you bear. Is it about qualifications, academically at least, to where certain kids won't make it, so you have to revoke that offer if they don't go through the senior year of school? Is it another thing where if a kid wanted to sign his letter of intent in August, does he mail it in his senior year of high school? Try not to get hurt, play really conservative, don't play in certain games, kind of like what you see when college football players are getting ready for the NFL. I mean, all this stuff, is, is that more or less the point? And I don't know. I, I don't know where it could really go or what could really be the issue, but I think there's going to be an issue no matter what happens. No matter what you do in recruiting, there will be issues. So if I'm the kid, though, even if I wasn't playing football, when do I get to decide what university I attend? I decide when I want to decide. I apply when I'm able to apply. And I register when I'm able to register. Now, there's a certain point in that, obviously. You can't go into October and say, okay, I want to start in the fall semester. I mean, it's too late. There's a certain cutoff period. But it's basically whenever that person decides he, he or she wants to go, they can go. And so why is it not the same way with football players? Why cannot they come out and say, you know, I am just not even, I'm shutting it down, shutting down my recruiting. Let's think of Darren McFadden, for instance. That guy, he wasn't going anywhere but Arkansas. Why couldn't he sign his national letter of intent August 1st? <laughs> Dotted line. Going. Gone. Good. Done. Over with. Why couldn't he? I, know, I guess it here's the thing, too. I know it doesn't matter because if you're a kid that's focused on going to a particular school, it doesn't matter when you sign it because you're going to sign it anyways. So, you know, obviously that shouldn't be a problem for the kid. But for the coaches... Think about how much easier and how much less stressful it would be for some of these coaches in recruiting if they could get a kid to sign as early as August or September. Like imagine if Chad Morris was able to get 10 of his recruits signed, 10 of his 25 or 29 or however many they're going to have, get him to sign in August. Okay, whew, done, moving on. Get on to the next ones. Focus your recruiting really heavily on the remaining class. 
It just seems like it'd be such a no-brainer, such a benefit if it was me and if it was college football. But again, I'm not too up-to-date, knowledgeable, and wise on this issue. And that's why I'm kind of discussing it with all of you listening, is that I would love to hear your thoughts and opinions on why you think that is. Why does it have to be a certain way when it comes to recruiting of when these kids decide? When do they have to sign a certain time or during a certain period? Who benefits from that? Is it the NCAA? Is it the coaches? Is it the kids? Who is it? And why is it? All I do know is, is that Arkansas's recruiting class still going strong, still looking good. They're going to get the majority of their signees. I think it was like 18, 19 kids will sign this week. Then the rest of them, we'll see, kind of up in the air. We will see. But I like Arkansas's chances. I like what they've done so far. And I like where they're going from here. That is for sure. Hey, but the bowl season's going on, right? You all love bowl seasons. Bowl games, bowl games, bowl games. All the great bowl games. You want to watch these bowl games, right? Well, the only and best way to do it is with Sling TV for $30 a month. That's it. 30 bucks a month. You get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC Networks, and so much more. And you can stream it on your big screen or on your favorite mobile device. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love only better because it has no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's exclusive for all of you locked on listeners. Again, sling.com slash locked on. Go there, check it out. You get a free seven day trial. You won't be disappointed. It'll be the greatest decision you ever made. I can promise you that. Again, head to sling.com slash locked on for a free seven day trial with Sling TV. Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I know you guys are so pumped about this. I know you are. Because a lot of you have been asking me about it when I put out on Twitter, just your questions and comments that you want me to discuss. This might be one of the most commonly referred to tweets that I get, and it's about the college football playoff. It's amazing that we are still sitting here with nothing's changed, nothing crazy has happened. We st- we've been rumored to hear some crazy things happening. But just over and over and over again, it seems like we're having to deal with the same crap on what's going on with the college football playoff and the possible expansion. This is all right. I enjoy it because I like speaking my mind on it. But here is the latest. One of the most powerful people in college sports right now. Jim Delaney of the Big Ten Commission. He's the Big Ten Commissioner. He is pushing for college football playoff expansion now. Now. He's the second Power Five Commissioner apparently this week to say it is time to talk expansion. Here we go. Yes. Yes, please. Give me expansion. Give me it. Give me eight teams. I want to see it. I can't wait to see it. And so when I when I retweeted this, some of you were asking me why just kind of just why is this even still a thing? Why are we still talking about this? It's because there is obviously a major power struggle when it comes to who is wanting what. Because it's funny that particular 80s, in this case, the athletic or the commissioner, I should say, the commissioner of the big 10 is wanting a playoff well gee why i wonder 
Maybe it's because a team from the Big Ten didn't get into the playoff. Because I really wonder, Jim Delaney, if you would be saying anything about this if Ohio State was left out of the playoff. If they were in the playoff right now, if they were in it, would you say a word? Would you even care? Probably not. But yet, here you are. Your most coveted, great, the Ohio State University that's part of your conference was left out. Boo freaking who? I don't care about that. And again, this is where it comes back to my re- my reasoning behind it all. I do not want expansion for the reasons that these people are giving. For people like Jim Delaney, you want expansion because your team got left out, but you wouldn't say a dadgum word if your team hadn't gotten left out. It's as simple as that. UCF is the same way. They wouldn't say anything about expansion until their team gets left out of the playoff. Or their co- a team from their conference gets left out. They're not saying anything about it. So here we are. They're driving this point home. They're wanting it to expand. And they're wanting it to expand on their terms, no one else's. I'm all for it because whatever gets it done the quickest is fine by me. I want to see eight teams. I have said this numerous times. I want eight teams. I want the conference champions to be automatic qualifiers for the playoff. And then you get three at-large teams. Fine with that. Still have the ranking system. You can come out every single week and say, this is our playoff right now. And then there it is. It doesn't take anything away from the regular season. Because that's another stupid argument that I've been hearing from people saying, oh, well, if if it goes to eight teams, it waters down the regular season. Excuse me? How in the crap does it water down the regular season by having – Eight teams in the college football playoff. Does the regular season go from being, oh, man, every game counts to, ah, who cares, mulligans all around? No. No. But what it does do is it gives opportunities for teams that may have slipped up once, that may have just had a bad game, to redeem themselves like so many other cases. And that's like, for instance, Michigan. It's two losses. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Notre Dame. Two really good teams. Why shouldn't they get a shot to play for the championship in a wild card deal? Okay, same thing with Georgia. Lost to LSU, lost to Bama. Sucks. But don't they get a chance, or shouldn't they get a chance as a wild card team? Just like we see so many other wild card teams in pretty much every other playoff format. I know it's not that way in the NBA or in college basketball. I guess I guess technically it is in college basketball in the in the, NFL, in the NBA in their own right. But you see what I'm saying? You have automatic qualifiers. You have wild card teams. And you know what? And here's the craziest thing about it too. I also get these arguments of people saying, "Yeah, but what if? Just what if Pitt? What if Pitt?" would have been a way to win a conference championship in the ACC? What if, what if they would have beaten Clemson? You really want Pitt in there? Yeah. Because even that one game, yeah, you'll want them in there. Because here's the thing, Clemson will get into as a wild card, but that automatic qualifier goes to that team. And that's fine with me. You know why? Because one game can kill you no matter where you're at. Just ask Alabama about that in the very first college football playoff championship or at least in the very first college football playoff they were the number one seed undefeated and they lost to Ohio State was Ohio State really that much better of a team than them that day they were 
and they went home with the championship. Nobody was complaining then. Same thing with Auburn and Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Alabama lost that one game. It meant everything. I still feel like they were the best team in the national in college football, but they didn't get a chance to redeem themselves. Why? Because there was no playoff. They can prove themselves they're the best team. I want to see it proved on the field. Proven on the field. That's, that's the best way to do it. It's the only way to do it. And so that's by expanding this playoff, and it looks like it's going to be happening sooner rather than later. As long as it's done in the right way, I am for it. And I honestly, truly do not understand any of you, any of you who say that it shouldn't expand to eight teams. Why? Why? Why would you not want it to be expanded to where you get more teams have a chance to make the co- of course make the college football playoff but also to win the national championship where you can truly prove who the best team is because in college football there's not enough games and there's not enough games being played among other conferences intertwining i know we have one non-conference game against uh some power five opponent but that doesn't do it justice i would hear arguments for it if the Power Five played two or three Power Five opponents in the non-conference slate, and then that would at least give you a better indicator of who's the best team. But I'm telling you right now, folks, there's going to be at some point in time, you're going to have it to where in all five Power Five conferences, you're going to have a team that goes undefeated in all five, in all five conferences. And a team's going to have to get left out, and why? How do you know? Well, we go by who they played. Okay, but what about on the field? How do you determine it then? You determine it on who wins. Who wins the game head-to-head. That's how easy it is. And it just seems so stupid that this is such a problem, that there are so many people that are not wanting this. I guarantee you, when they expand to eight teams, because it's going to happen, when they expand to eight teams, not a single one of you are going to watch the college football playoff and then at the very end of it, look back and say, nah, that was terrible. I hated it. There were too many teams. Give me a break. That's never going to happen, and you know it. Don't be contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Understand that this is the best way of doing it because every other sport, every other league has this same setup. The same setup. So just give it to them. That's all I'm asking. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, I really have a problem with uh, recruiting in itself. I have a problem with all of the uh, <laughs> all of the issues that go along with it and the controversy that go along with it. But this whole thing where you're having kids pose with their dads and photo shoots while the dads are wearing the uniforms and out and shoulder pads and all that stuff is just a very weird thing it's creepy and I, I know that everybody's going to sit here and get mad at me and say it's a nice moment for the dad no it should be a nice moment for the kid and when you get the father involved it's lame and it's weak but whatever you do to close down the kid right always be closing abc Make sure you get the kid there, and if it takes taking pictures with him and his dad in a photo shoot, both wearing a Razorback uniform, so be it. I get it. Doesn't mean I have to like it. Doesn't mean I have to respect it. Doesn't mean I have to appreciate it. It's still really freaking weird. 
That's all I got to say. Appreciate everybody listening into the podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 